Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Awaken Together podcast. I'm Jen. And I'm Kat. And today, I could not be more excited. I feel like this is very overdue for the level of passion I have for this subject, and that is our astrology episode. (laughs) Kat has heard me uh, nerd out about this many a times, and I'm sure if you follow along, you've definitely seen my love for it shared on social media, and I am just very excited to get into what it means to me, what I think you can use astrology for practically, and we're also going to review kind of the shadow side of it and what to be kind of cautious with because it is a very, very vast world. It really is. And when many people think of astrology these days, I feel like just for, you know, the common public, an image of a white woman with flowy white clothes, mala beads, and Palo Santo in her hand comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, but we want to smash that a little bit because this is not New Age, even though it's become really more popular and common nowadays, I, I think. Um, it's it's something that's been around forever and actually can be traced back to the third millennium BC. Ancient societies have turned to celestial systems to help them bring more meaning to human life, to gain understanding of the seasons and consciousness. So it's really a study that goes deep. And I'm so excited because Jen is really well versed in all of this. I'm like, maybe some of you, I'm still kind of dipping my toe in the water. I've known about sun signs, like predominantly. (laughs) And I'd say in the past two years, I've learned more about my moon sign and my rising sign. And they've brought me a lot more understanding. And just having a birth chart reading from Jen has illuminated this whole experience for me. So I'm really excited for everyone to learn more, including me today. Yeah. And I think, you know, to go over kind of that sun sign astrology concept too, I really believe that that's kind of the reason we have maybe, uh, well, I guess some of us have dismissed it is the sun sign astrology has been taken, I believe, like way too far. And as funny as the memes can be, and yeah, there's so many TikToks about, yeah, signs together, it's all very honed in on just the sun sign alone. So sun sign is for everyone that has the same birthday as, you know, around the same birthday as you, that birthday month. And I've always heard sun sign described as being in a blank canvas of your life. The sun sign would just be those large initial strokes on the canvas. It is one piece to a very detailed um, birth chart. So when we say birth chart, we're talking about that moment you took your first breath, wherever you were located, wherever it kind of like takes a screenshot of the sky. So a quick little screenshot and then everything keeps moving and from that moment I think the more you dig into it and the more you've deeply studied your birth chart you start to really see that that could have been the sole energetic blueprint that you came here to kind of work through I was the biggest skeptic of astrology ever I uh you know For those who listen, you already know that I have my religious background, but I had always been told um, 
yeah, stay away from astrology. It's very tied in with psychics and fortune telling. So I was like actually very scared of it. Even when I would like see horoscopes and stuff, I was like, oh no, like be careful. <laughs> so I had such an aversion devil's to it. Devil's work. <laughs> yes, devil's work. <laughs> so I had such an aversion to it. So I, I really came in um, to it very, very carefully even to start with. And then as I've also shared, I'm a very like logical person. I needed it to make so much sense to even kind of start believing in it. So one of my uh, early like skeptic experiments, you know, I read my own birth chart, which I finally heard what a birth chart was versus like daily horoscopes, which I think daily horoscopes just all seemed absurd to me. I'm like, someone is typing that up. And I'm just like, that just seems very generalized for every single person in the month of June, we're all going to find the love of our life this year. <laughs> like that just it doesn't seem right. Um, so I was like, this just seems so stupid. And then once I heard what a natal chart or birth chart was and I read mine, I I found a lot more context behind what astrology could be, I think. And then from there, I really started deeply studying kind of the cultural background of it and where, yeah, where it started. And I think the big upswing in all of it, the reason it's become so popular is because we really have the technology now to be able to run patterns a lot more. I think we can look at not only where everything was in the sky through different historical events, but we also can study people that have passed away. We can look at their birth charts, what kind of happened in their life. Um, And I think we've been able to run a lot of similarities. So I think our, yeah, our technology world has been able to amplify the accuracy of things as well because we've been able to run so much cross data. Um, that makes some sense. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's a it's a great point. I think with time, we just gain so much more insight and we're able to go deeper into these topics. Yeah, yeah, and I I I think that's really the uptick in it. So. Um, yeah, so as I was saying, I was super skeptical and I read my birth chart and then I literally cat decided to, I had a bunch of, I worked at a nursing home and I had all these elderly patients and some love astrology actually, and would be like, oh no, she's a Gemini. I have a crazy therapist, you know, I used to get that all the time from, from a few of them. And then I started talking about birth charts and they had never heard that concept. So I printed out some of these elderly people's birth charts. And I was thinking in my head, like, if it's inaccurate, like their life would not match their chart, you know, because they're at the end of their life. Like I have a really good scale to be able to see. So I had literally printed like (laughs) multiple patients birth charts. It was going over it with them and it was like so accurate to their life. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Maybe I should keep looking at (laughs) It's incredible. And it's probably the least surprising thing you've ever said. I have like wheelchairs surrounding me with packets of birth charts. So funny. So uh, classic Jen. (laughs) So anyway. Yes, I started getting so into the study of it pretty much at that point. And then I, yeah, I'm years in now. I love listening to different um, podcasts on the topic, studying. There's also different branches of astrology too. And I try to, you know, be respectful of the, there's kind of like different lineages to look into too. And I just think it's all um, super fun. Super fun. I so agree. I so agree. Yeah. Um, 
Go ahead. <laughs> Here, I'll go. I'll go, Kat. <laughs> so we wanted to go into birth chart analysis with you. So if you have never looked at your birth chart, um, we are going to recommend a couple sites because we're just going to go into a cut and dry on a lot of concepts with you and then kind of, um, yeah, explain them a little further. So the couple sites I recommend, um, if you're using your phone, CoStar is an app you can download. You have to have your birth time right. That is like one of the biggest things in astrology because it's that soul blueprint. If you're guesstimating the time, some of the stuff in your chart can shift even with a small time difference. Um, But CoStar has a really clean, easy read layout of your birth chart when you download it. And I also love cafeastrology.com that will give you also a easy layout that you can follow. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if you want to pause this podcast and pull up your birth chart, we're going to go through in just a moment how to really be able to interpret this for yourself. Yeah. And I would say, so if all of this is very new and you've never even heard of the other planets, like you're like, what is a Jupiter? What does that even mean? Like, I don't even know what that means in context to my chart. As I said, it's that sole screenshot, but every single planet has a different energetic effect. Every single sign, so when you hear like the terms Aries, Gemini, Taurus, every single sign comes with its own energy as well. And then when you look up into the sky, we've divided it into kind of a a 12-piece pie chart. And within that, you're seeing which planet lands in which segment. And that determines a lot of where you see the energies, not only of that planet, but also of that sign, and then what area of your life you're going to see that play out the most common. So that is what you are looking into when you look at the houses of astrology as well. And then within that, there's layers more deep. That's why I highly recommend going to a professional to get a reading because they can integrate all of these concepts together. I will definitely share my info. I love looking and helping people with their charts. Um, You're so good at it. It gets, thank you, (laughs) it gets so much more deep too because, you know, all the planets, the way they relate to each other in degrees can make a difference. Those are what we call aspects. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of layers to it, but if you know you don't have the time or resources to be able to do a professional reading, the online birth charts you can pull up can definitely be a good start just to at least get some, yeah, fun context on some of the energies that are at play in your life. Yes. So what we're going to do now, I'm going to give you a high level overview of some of the qualities of these planets. And then we'll go deep dive into the zodiac signs. Not too deep, just digestible enough so that when you hear your friend say, I'm a Taurus, and you're like, what the heck does that mean? At least like a couple qualities will come to mind for you. So starting with the sun sign, the one that we all probably know about ourselves. This is a sign that is all about your ego or your sense of self. Next up is the moon, and this rules your emotions and your moods. Next is your rising sign, and this is the mask that you wear, the mask that you show people. I've also heard that this is the one that kind of aligns with how you work in your career or work. 
Correct me if I'm wrong, Jen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just, it really is the way you move through the world. So the rising sign is, yeah, how you're going to show up in society in whatever mm-hmm. area of your life that's the strongest. You usually meet people's rising signs a lot more than you meet their sun signs. Mm, such good information. Thank you for that. Yeah. Next up is Jupiter. In this rules prosperity. Next is Saturn. This is all about your limitations, so things that might hold you back. And then Mars is your confidence. This is your warrior. And your passion. Passion Passion. as well. That's a good... Passion. Yes. Awesome. And then Venus is all about love, just like the goddess Venus. It's about matchmaking, harmony, all of those like heart-centered feelings. And Mercury, this is all about communication. This one's known as the messenger. And how we talk. So looking at where, yeah, where your Mercury is and what sign really shows how you probably communicate with others as well. Right. And that saying, or not that saying, but like Mercury is in retrograde. I feel like people who aren't even into astrology understand what that that means. Yeah, we'll talk (laughs) about that too. That yeah, Mercury, Mercury can be a biggie. Yeah, if you re- recognize your communications just totally off or you're unable to verbalize what you really mean, take a look at the calendar. Maybe Mercury is <laughs> yes. in retrograde. <laughs> yes. And then next up is Pluto. Pluto rules power or transformation. Then Uranus is all about your individuality. And then finally, Neptune, which rules idealism and compassion. Yeah, so I'll just kind of give a little bit of a information. So if you have your birth chart in front of you, you're going to see all of those planets um, lined up in your chart. And yeah, it's really fun to look up each planet and then whatever sign it's in. So if your sun is in Aquarius, researching what that looks like. If your Jupiter is in Aries, researching what that looks like. Um, If your Venus is in Gemini, researching what that looks like. And you can kind of Combine the qualities of the sign with the qualities of that planet. Um, One of the more interesting things uh, that made astrology even have another level of depth to me is we have our generational planet. So we say big three. If you've heard that term, what's your big three? That's talking sun, moon, and rising sign. And those are because those are just really powerful in your chart. The moon is sometimes more prevalent in your childhood because we live out of our moods and emotions, which is what the moon represents. The rising sign comes kind of comes into play because that's how we start to move through the world. That's what we show people. And then the sun sign is usually, they say that sometimes that can even show up a little bit later. It's kind of that backdrop still. So you'll definitely relate to it. But that's kind of our sense of ego. But there's a lot of preface, preference, preface, preface. <laughs> Mercury. <laughs> there's a lot of um, there's a lot of importance behind our rising sign though, because the rising sign also determines our chart ruler. So whatever sign it is in, this is a little high level, but I'm a Virgo rising, and Virgo is ruled by Mercury. So 
looking at what sign or what planet rules the sign of your rising sign can also show another huge um, emphasized thing in your chart. So Mercury is really powerful for my chart for that very reason. And Kat, I think yours, you're an Aries rising. So your Mars mm-hmm. has a lot of emphasis in your chart as well. A little extra sprinkle because of that rising sign. Um, but as I was saying, big three, then you have your big six that a lot of people talk about, which adds in your Mercury, your Venus, and your Mars, because all of those, um, yeah, kind of are strong at play too. As we said, all these characters come together and matter. But then you have your generational planets, which is Pluto, Uranus, and Neptune. And all three of those really clump us in in larger groups so it is so fascinating because each one takes you know a lot longer to orbit so it chunks us together so if you look at the history of kind of generations goals and what mattered to them you can trace that back to a lot of astrology because all those people could have been ruled by the same sign and how they felt in their sense of who they were or what their goals were, what they were working on transforming, where they got their power from. Some of those qualities of Pluto, Uranus, and Neptune play out in much larger chunks. So it also groups, yeah, a lot of your peers together, which is really cool to see why some things collectively matter um, to different age ranges. So yeah, that's to add a little fun. So fun. Um, And so I will now go through a little breakdown of the zodiac signs. So listen carefully if you want to journal, make some notes. I'll try to go slow enough if you want to do that. Um, But yeah, let's start with the first sign of the zodiac calendar, and that's Aries. Aries is a fire sign. If you have a strong Aries placement, you might notice feeling eager, dynamic, quick, and competitive. I definitely resonate with some of those. And Kat is an Aries <laughs> rising. Yeah, Kat is My an mask. Aries rising. Yep, I've definitely <laughs> operated through life with that, uh, some of these feelings. <laughs> and then next up <laughs> yeah. is Taurus, which is an earth sign. I love Tauruses. They are known for being strong, dependable, mm. sensual, and creative. One of my I'm married to a Taurus son. I love it. (laughs) I have a really good friend who's a Taurus son, and she is such an artist. Um, Super creative. Like, I was just at her house this weekend, Uh totally in awe of this workshop area that she has. Like, oh my gosh. I didn't even know. Like, it just blew my mind. Yeah. Love it. I think Tauruses are also known for Uh being, like, kind of stubborn. Is that right? Oh, yeah, they definitely have a more stubborn. And so, yeah, that's a good thing to preface as we're working down the list. Your earth signs are a lot more um, fixed in their some of their mentalities. It's kind of a more calm vibe, but it's usually mm-hmm. very sturdy. So not as, not as um, quick as the upcoming one of Gemini, which I am the most Gemini <laughs> person you can possibly know. <laughs> And so, yeah, continue on. Yeah, I love that that idea, too, of imagining the elements embodied, like earth is a mountain, like kind of stuck in the way, like sturdy, whereas fire is powerful and Mm -hmm. can burn you and air is super flowy. And can, yeah, and can initiate really fast. Yes, yes. 
Gemini, air, really flowy, versatile, can be gone with the wind in a second. Very expressive, curious, and kind. So you. My mom is also a Gemini. And (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I get along really well with Geminis, that fellow air signs. I have a Gemini stellum, so it is so strong in my chart. Like, it is a powerful, powerful thing. I love that. (laughs) Next up is Cancer. Cancer is a water sign. These people tend to be intuitive, sentimental, compassionate, and protective. In my life, it's funny because um, I'm an Aquarius. That's my son. But I... Like all a lot of the people who are closest to me in my life are cancers. And I just love that because whenever whenever I meet someone new now, I'm like, what's your sun sign? If I get a vibe from them that I really connect with on a soul level. And when they say they're a cancer, because nine times out of ten they are, I'm like, yeah, I wasn't surprised I was getting that from you. I just love my little cancers. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, looking who we attract is a whole other Yes. Thing. Next up is Leo. Leo is a fire sign. Leo, I always imagine the lion. These people tend to be dramatic, outgoing, self-assured, lots of confidence emanating from this sign. I'm a Leo moon. Love it. (laughs) I can see that. I'm a Leo moon, so I feel that very strong. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Your moods and your emotions. There they are. Next is Virgo, which is an mm-hmm. earth sign. Um, if you're a Virgo, you might be practical, loyal, gentle, and analytical. Some more of those earthy qualities. Next up is Libra. Libra is an air sign. I picture the scales when I think of Libra because they're very fair-minded, known for being social, diplomatic, and gracious. They will hear anyone out. And next is Scorpio, which I always thought was a fire sign, but it's water. And I think the reason I thought it was fire for so long is because this sign is super passionate, can also be stubborn, but also resourceful and brave. Next up is Sagittarius, which is a fire sign. This sign is extroverted, optimistic, and known for being funny. Next is Capricorn, which is an earth sign. This is my moon sign. Cough, cough, cough. Uh-huh. I got a lot of cap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is funny because, like, yes. I don't identify with some of these at first. But when I think about it deeper, I'm like, oh, there it is. So Capricorn is serious, disciplined, uh-huh. and independent. And then next up is Aquarius, which is an air sign. It's also my sun sign. So it's interesting to see how my Aquarius and Capricorn interrelate and intermingle. But Aquarius is known for being deep, imaginative, also independent and original, kind of like the rule breakers. And then finally, the last sign of the zodiac is Pisces, which is a little fish. So you can imagine it's a water sign. Pisces are so sweet. They're very intuitive, affectionate, wise, and artistic. Yeah. So that's all 12. Yes. A lot of info, but that is definitely just to give you kind of a general blueprint. I still highly recommend getting the depth of 
yeah, what each planet in each sign looks like, which is an easy Google if you just kind of check it out and read some articles so that you can see the context a little bit deeper. Um, me and Kat's charts, uh, you know, we've looked at them together and it's very funny. Me and Kat are two dominant um, elements are air and earth. So we have both have four air signs. Kat has three earth signs. I have four earth signs. So we both bring that kind of sense of groundedness, but also that that kind of versatility of our air signs. And we definitely feel that together when we are doing anything. And so I thought it was so funny when I first read her chart. Um, and yeah, maybe we can post our charts up too for fun on the Awaken Together yeah, Instagram. So if you want to nerd out on them. Yeah, yeah. And shocker yeah. that we met in Colorado, so, which is, I feel such an earthy and airy state when compared to other places like yeah I love uh-huh. thinking about that we needed our yes. mountains <laughs> yes um and yeah so one of the other I'm, I'm gonna try to keep it you know not to over share too much information but as we said with each of the signs each of them fell into a different element so fire earth air and water and there's even an energy kind of behind each of the elements so calculating how much of each element you have in your chart can be a fun way to start to dissect your own birth chart Um, fire represents our passion, energy, enthusiasm, inspiration. It's It stands for a lot of initiation. And then earth is more stability, uh, realism. They definitely can help more with the material, materialistic kind of goods because they're steady and resourceful. Air is all about our languaging, intellect, communication. It's a very social sign. It's constantly, um, it can, yeah, it can just move a lot quicker, but without that, like, uh, fire tends to like blast off and then kind of burn down. Air is just like kind of endlessly flowing. And then water represents emotional mysticism, intuition, our water people usually, if you have high water, usually probably experience a larger array of emotions up and down too. Uh, yeah, there there are people that are feeling a lot of things. And it's, I love, I tend to find, I don't know, this actually explains your cancer um, hmm. attraction there too, Kat, is me and you don't have a whole lot of water yeah. in our charts. And so I crave water people too. Like I love when I meet someone watery because they feel like they're embracing what I am lacking. So when I have people that are very emotionally charged around me, I love it because I don't really fall into that as easily. So when I feel someone like feeling it all, I'm like, yes, I love it. Yeah, we need to surround ourselves. Um, So we sometimes seek our balance. Yeah, exactly. We need to surround ourselves with people who have what we don't and not in the way of like, I want what they have, but in the way of like this kind of rounds me out and makes me feel balanced it yeah it creates so much more balance I feel like yeah I've attracted so Mm -hmm. much of that too because I'm lacking it in my chart without even knowing it you know but it's funny to look at the people you have attracted around you very naturally and when you start to kind of piece together their own birth chart with yours it's just very funny to see the gaps that people play yeah it's like intuitive knowing yeah exactly exactly one of the things I had uh once read they're like have you ever attracted people with 
a similar birthday or very close to each other. And I had three friends growing up that were all born on July 23rd. And I just thought that was so interesting because I had never really thought of that, like attracting three people of the same, yeah, birthday. Not that the chart's still not much deeper than those initial sun signs, but it was fascinating that I had three childhood best friends that came in order with the same birthday. thought that was super strange. No, you know, it's so funny. I resonate with that too. Like growing up, my two best friends, one was born two days after me. So she was also an Aquarius. And then my other best friend is a Cancer. And then um, my mom is a Gemini. And so I... I don't have like any Sagittarius's in my life. I but do I not have, either. <laughs> like you're a Gemini, my mom. <laughs> like my husband Kyle is a Cancer and my best friend. And then I'm an Aquarius and so is my other. Like it's just wild when you really look at it at that level. Yes. And so we and Kat were talking before just so, yeah, there is a lot of of apps. I highly, highly recommend the Pattern app. The Pattern kind of simplifies – um astrology in general, it doesn't throw in any of the terminology of sun, uh, any of the signs. It just gives it to you very digestibly. So if you have skeptics, uh, the pattern's also great because you're reading without seeing like some of the woohoo triggers of like hearing signs. It just kind of gives you like a blueprint. You're like, whoa, this is, how does this app know who I am? Um, It knows it from all the astrology, but it kind of hides it in the app. But you can also run charts together really smoothly on that app. And I love that too. Because looking at, yeah, how you piece together with the people around you is is super fascinating. We were talking a little bit before, my husband's sun sign is a Taurus and I am a Gemini, which those two would be um, really, really bad together. But if you look at our whole charts together, we fit perfectly. So that's one of the other downfalls of sun sign astrology only is you might feel like someone's not good for you if you get too deeply into context with astrology because of what their sign is. But it's so important to look at the whole thing in general together because that's going to show a lot of what they can bring into your life, what you bring into them and see what your strengths are, as well as maybe what some of your blind spots will be. It's a great point. So what else, uh, what other juicy things are in our charts? Yeah. So the only other thing I was going to kind of go over, which this is also getting a little bit um, higher level, but we've talked to before on this podcast about masculine and feminine energy and Uh, there's definitely ways to like look up if you fall more into yang energy or into yen energy, masculine versus feminine, and kind of the qualities behind those two things. I do think that looking at which one you fall into can really show a lot of the drive behind your actions, but it's actually in your astrology chart too. And for me, it was very accurate. Um, Fire and air fall into masculine placement. So they are more of that yang energy. And then earth and water fall into the more feminine um, energy. And so when you look in your chart, if you go through your fire signs and mark down how many fire you have, how many air you have, how many water, how many uh, earth, you can also determine then from there if you fall into more masculine or more feminine placements. And that can be so fascinating. Um, I, I don't think I've shared this before, but I have eight masculine placements in my chart and two 
feminine and uh cat's dynamic so cat you are six masculine and five feminine so you are very closer in balance um but it was so funny because danny is the exact opposite my husband has eight feminine two Aww. masculine which <laughs> is just so funny we uh yeah we piece in together so looking at that is also um just another um I won't go super into cardinal fixed and mutable that that is um, just kind of another thing you might see kind of pop up, especially on cafe astrology. That's just another set of things that give you quality. So there's, there's basically like tons of way to dissect a birth chart, which yeah, once again, reemphasizes it's very hard to study every single one of these topics because it is high level. It's its own like course of study for sure. They say usually you have to study astrology about seven years to be able to be like a, yeah, an astrologer. Um, I have worked really hard on studying birth chart readings and it goes so much more vast than that. Um, and yeah. Yes, it's amazing. Um, looking into the depths behind it is I don't know. I feel like it's things that intuitively and maybe subconsciously you might know, but having the vocabulary and the systems to validate it is everything for me, who's still like on the newer front of all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the shadow side of it. Um, I think, you know, you can look as I, yeah, as I said, you get your birth chart. What you then can do is take where the sky currently is and apply it with your chart and look at what things are being emphasized. And this is where some cultures get very strong on timing for big events. Like, should I take this job? Should I get married now? Should I be on the dating scene? Like, it can get very high level on what's currently happening and you can usually find some rationale behind most things that are occurring in your life when they occurred I do not think it's best to use astrology as a future predictor I think in that case we're kind of maybe over seeking a sense of control and I think that can get very ego kind of back to that ego concept. If you're trying to hyper control every single aspect of your life, I think you're really forgetting that ability to surrender and trust um, and honor the flow of your life. So I never look at what's coming except for maybe some really major aspects um, uh, that are coming, like such as Mercury retrograde that Kat shared, which is coming January 14th. (laughs) Um, I look at these kind of bigger aspects that I know affect my chart. I have a very strong Mercury ruled chart between my Virgo rising and my Gemini stellum. So when Virgo goes into retrograde for me, it's very palpable. So now I do kind of just like look and see when that's coming. Um, But if you're using it to base every decision, you can get so caught up in anxiety from that because that is – I do not think that's the point. I think you're meant to – to use it to show that life is in flow, that you, you know, there is this beautiful kind of system looking out for you and that your soul came here to learn certain lessons. And that's probably why some things matter to you that don't matter to other people. For me, it like added to my sense of surrendering. Now, if something really weird happens in my life, sometimes I'll peek and be like, well, what's (laughs) going on up there? Just so I have like a way to kind of rationalize it. 
I will do that after, but I do not use it to look at what's coming because I think you can get a little manic. A thousand percent. No, <laughs> that's I totally, <laughs> totally agree. And I think it's a really important conversation to be had for that reason. Um, I use it as a means for surrender as well, because for me, it's helpful to think that some crazy things that are happening in my life aren't all because of my own doing, but rather that it's a collective consciousness. Going back to our last episode of like, we are all plugged in and playing a part. And here's this thing that's manifesting for me, maybe similarly to someone else, maybe differently, but it just helps give me some more awareness and understanding. And the shadow side of that, of course, is when you feel like it's taken all your power away and that you are just this floating little blob in the universe that just has to kind of hunker down when bad things are coming your way. And that's not at all what it is. So just like that little air of caution of, yeah, maybe you don't check your horoscope every single day. Maybe you look at it, like Jen said, when you want a little bit of help or validation explaining what is currently going on for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And it it should it should add ease. It should add ease because you're you're realizing, yeah, that what is important to you really is supposed to be important. I think like when you can get some peace about that um in a world that definitely tries to define who we are all the time, I think that can bring a, like yeah, just a tremendous amount of comfort. Um and yeah, I mean we we've done so many episodes sharing different avenues that show just the the beauty of nature and cycles and it's so beautiful to think you know there's all these planets just rotating in a solar system around us and that they can matter for our just general general essence it's not dictating every single action necessarily of your life but it definitely is a guiding energy force and i just love that thought just as yeah we've talked about the trees being connected and the cycles of the seasons and the cycles of the moon and just all this beautiful nature within our own body but around us and when you just see that I just think it emphasizes like the beauty of this higher power and just kind of brings us back to the beauty of life versus getting so stuck Mm, in the minutiae. So beautifully said. I love it. I love thinking of it that way. Yeah. So a few apps that I want to recommend. I already said the pattern. I've already said CoStar. There's a There's an app called Charts that I recently was recommended that's also a really fun, clean um, layout too. And yeah, send your questions. We'll do a post on our page. I would love to hear people's big three and any thoughts you have on this episode. And if you ever want to do a more in-depth chart reading, I offer that at sensiblewellness.com. I absolutely would love to help guide you and explain um, some of the more in-depths of your chart as well. Yes, please do that with Jen. My reading was amazing. I still think about it a lot. So you definitely won't regret that. Um, And yeah, message us on our Awaken Together podcast Instagram page with your top three, your big three. And we'd love to hear from you. In closing... This was such a fun episode to do with you, Jen. I loved it. Thanks. I love it. I yes. love to share. Oh, so well said. And um, we wanted to give you a little reminder that our Awaken Together retreat is coming up as being a part of our inner inner circle, which we so appreciate. We're giving you all first dibs and signing up. There's a 10-person cap. It's taking place in Breckenridge, Colorado, 
April 27th to May 1st. We have a beautiful, spacious place booked. It's my aunt and uncle's place. Insane, guys. It's incredible. Like, I've been there many times. We eloped, my husband and I eloped there in the backyard. So it's really near and dear to my heart. Can't find a better spot. It's right next to the Nordic Center. So we're going to have lots of nature exploring. It's uh, sure to be full of heart-centered sisterhood, lots of sharing, yoga, delicious plant-based foods, and an opportunity to plug in even further on some of these more esoteric topics and have fun with that. So go to my website at www.catalystliving, that's catalyst with a K, dot com slash offerings to learn more and book your spot there. We're going to be announcing this to the public on February 1st, and we're expecting spots to fill pretty quickly. So please just message us if you have any questions on that. We'd love to have you there. And if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, uh, we'd love for you to give us a little five-star review, send us a follow, and we'll have more magic coming up for you in two weeks. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Jen. Bye, Kat. Bye. Bye.